Welcome back in. I got to tell you that Mark Miller's title sponsorship, DJ and PK in the Morning, is proudly presented by Mark Miller Subaru. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate it. Mark Miller Subaru. Check them out. And also, too, check out the Party Hounds live and in concert, Met Stadium. Uh, August 1st, 2076. <laughs> I was thinking, trying to pull the date up. You always close your tour like Kenny Chesney does. He closes his tour every summer with two shows in Foxborough, Massachusetts. Oh, really? Yes. Have you been to one of those? I have not. No. You're a Boston guy. You got some Boston roots, don't you? Yeah, uh, I spent a couple years out there pitching the good word. That's what I heard. And... Uh, Foxborough, what, about 40 minutes or so away? Yeah, I didn't make it very often. I, I passed Foxborough, but um, I never was, like, right in that area. I was more metro. For about 14 months, I was metro, which was great. I loved getting around on a train and seeing people from everywhere. It was cool. Boston is one of my favorite cities. We are, There's actually a cool Boston story uh, with one of our, our guests today that— I don't know. I should share at some point whether we, it's one thing he's here. Mike Smith. Um, Played for the Celtics. My, my life, PK, is a little Forrest Gumpish. Box of chocolates? Well, just you look, you think of a big moment. You got the hair going around now, here like in Utah, the last whatever. And it's just funny. Uh, there's, there's just always, like, I'm always kind of in the corner of the picture. <laughs> I, and I don't know how I ended up in all those pictures, but Mike Smith, to kind of, do we have a second? We, go ahead, yeah, go ahead. So Mike Smith, uh, I, I was, this was in 1989, I was uh, leaving the factory down south, the three-week factory that they roll you through, uh-huh. that has, in my opinion, great food. DJ knows about that. Bad beds, but great food. <laughs> um, anyway... Came to the airport to fly out, um, and it was back in the day where everybody could come to the gate, you know? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So my whole family's there, you know, my extended family's there. For the I'm, emotional goodbyes? For the emotional goodbye. I think they're all, it, for our deal, it was celebratory, because they never thought I'd make anything <laughs> of myself. I used to hate that when I would travel, when I covered the Utes on Wednesdays, and we, I would leave on Have Wednesdays. Have to fight for, through the crowds? No. That there, would, there would always be these emotional goodbyes, oh, and yeah. I would be crying. I and you. I didn't know these people. Every 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 other Wednesday, I would go on the road because you always played Thursday, Saturday, and so I would go Wednesdays. Why am I crying? <laughs> and I'd see these young men, young women. They'd walk down the run the hallway to the jetway thing, and then they'd turn back, and people would be sobbing. I'm thinking, what are we doing here, man? <laughs> well, I, I will tell you this much, man. I cried too. I still cry because I I feel bad for where what they got put up with for a couple of years. That's why I cry now. Okay. Uh, no, but. So um, I get there, and all of a sudden, um, Mike Smith comes walking to the gate in a suit, and somebody, you know, whisper, whisper, he was drafted last night by the Celtics. So back in these days, this day in 1989. Oh, so you're getting ready to leave? I'm going out to Boston to, yeah. for two years. Gotcha. And Mike, it was Tuesday night draft, and uh-huh. Wednesday morning, Mike's flying out to meet the Celtics. So and he's on the same plane? We're on the same plane. Oh. <laughs> so, of course, so the one thing... He's the, older than you, obviously. I think the reason... Yeah, uh, he's a couple years older. Right, right. I mean, he looks 
15 years older, but he's okay. only a couple of years older. <laughs> um, so anyway, we're, I guess the way I have gotten into every picture, I mean, you remember when I was working for Rick and I would come shoot the bull with you, I right? I do, I do. Um, I've always, people have been always really important to me. And, uh, and I realized that at the end of the day, people are the secret sauce. And, and I fortunately kind of learned that by experience. But anyway, I walk up to Mike and introduce myself and tell him, you know, I didn't have to tell him what I was doing. It was obvious. Uh, but I told him I was leaving and I was actually going to Boston. And so Mike actually told me, look me up when you get out there and I'll take you to a game. And so Mike and I flew out. We actually sat on the same row and talked a lot of the flight. And he went his way. I went mine. And uh, maybe a year later, I hit him up for tickets. Oh, he did? Yeah. And he, and my, he said, yeah, absolutely. And the, it was the coolest thing because he said, bring your companion. Um, meet me on the side of the Boston Garden where the cars pull in. Uh-huh. So we're standing there. And he pulls up in a, if I remember right, it was cool. It was, it was one of the first editions of like the Forerunner. It was a Toyota Forerunner, and it seemed so um, otherworldly, I guess. You know, I'd been out there on my mission driving Ford Tempos. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we get in the car, and Joe Klein's in the front seat, uh, passenger seat. Mike's driving, and he introduces us and, and takes us up into the bowels of the Boston Garden. Uh-huh. It was just like a movie. We we get out of the car, and as we get out of the car and we're getting our stuff, one car pulls up, two car pulls up, three car pulls up. And I just remember the last car was a big, 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 fancy white Lincoln Continental. So first one is a truck, outsteps Kevin McHale. And you think I'm, t- I'm making this up. This is a... This is not a Paul Dunn story. This is okay. dead <laughs> down the line. All right, I got you. So Mikhail gets and these out. He's got money, so sure. Then the Cadillac next to him, one of the biggest dudes I've ever seen steps out of that, Robert Parrish. Robert Parrish, chief. And those two guys start walking toward Mike and Joe. And or big chatting. men, too. And these two missionaries are standing there. And then the door of the white Lincoln continental opens and there is one of my heroes i mean i go back Scotty when 79 Redman? was played when when the when the national championship Dennis was, Johnson no the national championship was played <laughs> right Ainge? up here above us in 79 was Angel on the team it was it, magic and bird i i remember both of them so no, that was not. Oh, there. I was like, no, 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 I'm sorry. I'm not going to have the game up yeah, here. Yeah, they were That's what I'm saying. No, that's how you said they were. In yeah. The same so car. in 1979, I'm a nine year old kid, and this, the, you know, the feeling of the Final Four, I mean, it reaches all the way down to Highland, Utah. Easily. And we're like, we're all dressed up in green and blue, and it was cool. So anyway, Bird steps out of the car, starts walking towards us, and I'm thinking, oh my gosh. Here it is. There's the big three. <laughs> there is the big three. So, I you know, don't really know what to say. Mike says, hey, these are guys from my church. Uh, they came to watch the game tonight. And Mikhail breaks all the tension. He's, As he usually does. He says, uh, so you guys can't have a beer. <laughs> and he said, no. And he said, do you wear that same funny underwear that Mike wears? And Danny? So Angel's on the team. Well, he was. He had gotten traded. 
but he, he got traded. Yeah, he had been right. Okay. He he was right up to the time I I came out there. So anyway, it was you want to talk about. It. And then I got to go in. Mike set us in there before anybody got in there, and Bird came out, and I got to watch a forty minute Larry Bird pregame workout. Just me, just me, my companion, and Bird, and the guy rebounding for him. So it was way before the NBA was. You know, it was still like a thing, but it wasn't like a social entertainment yeah. thing. It was a basketball thing. Yeah, and anyway, just the old Boston Garden, bird shooting it, but Mike made that all possible. I got my picture taken with Mike and used it for my Christmas card that year. <laughs> and uh, Larry Bird from that exchange, the inside of what, Yak, you'll know what a white Bible is, the little thing you carry around in your pocket, in case you, you get sideways on what a rule might be you can thumb that real quick i had a strong i had a hard time with loud laughter missionary i didn't handbook. speak evil of the lord's anointed but i laughed loud <laughs> I, you and me both i have a very good story about that we can tell sometime so anyway bird signed my white bible i still have it to this day it, right on the inside cover larry bird so when mike comes on uh, mike and i have obviously laughed about this for years i and then you know he goes on to to you know, play for the NBA, do broadcasting for a long time, and where we reconnected was when I was became assistant coach at BYU, and he would bring his sons to the father and sons camp every year. Okay, yeah. and win the free throw contest like nobody could beat the guy. Um, but terrific guy, so glad he's back in the market. Yeah, well, Mike Smith will be joining us here in about forty five minutes. Lincoln Kennedy coming up, talking about guys who are going to emerge. I think. This is the year. If you didn't know who he was and his greatness by now, I think by next summer, it'll be universally, universally known that Donovan Mitchell's one of the top ten players in the league, if not one of the top five. No, it's definitely going that way, isn't it? I believe it is. No, I do too. I mean, he's doing. he's starting to do the things that that guys who win championships do. He he's given a little extra effort defensively. His care—I mean, his care factor has always been unbelievably good. Um, but it's just his ability to sacrifice a little bit and give a little bit of what he does to the team. This is not radio. I'm not saying this for ratings. I call him Donnie Basketball. He's from New York. Donnie Baseball. Now he's Donnie Basketball. Did you ever see Donnie Brasco? Yeah, it's a oh, great yeah. show. Yeah. There's been a lot of great players his height. I believe he has a chance to be the best one. That's six foot, six one dude. Stretching six two with the afro. Wait, that's Mike Conley, six two with the afro. Uh, well, that was Fletch. <laughs> that is Fletch, too. <laughs> that's the famous line. Uh, Conley growing the afro. He's uh, part of the, the Jackson 5 expanded. He's now the Jackson 6. He's the sixth member. Or maybe he's replacing Michael with that afro. But I believe Mitchell has the potential to be as good or better than any any small man that's ever played this game. Yeah, the funny thing to me, too, when you watch him, he doesn't play small. That's true. Right? He does not play small. He, he He's an above-the-rim guy. He's got unbelievable ability from the perimeter to elevate. But what I think sets him apart is the the kind of the punch that he packs on the drive. You know, he can absorb a hit. He can and actually not absorb it. He can almost he can absorb and deliver a hit, and still have the ability to finish his his free throw. Uh, you know, number of free throws was kind of a thing last year per game, and he certainly 
you know, he took that on and, and does a great job now of, you know, the referee has to blow the whistle because he creates, you know, not in a James Harden way, but more in a basketball way where he's, he's attacking the defenders in a tough spot and fouls. I think really right now, this game, he's playing it at a high level. I believe he can go even higher. And I believe we will see that this season. I think this is the season. He's already on the scene. This is like Patrodamus. I think this, we need to have a segment. This is the season he explodes. I love it. Are we getting this? We've got to get this on tape so we can play. Like I guess we always do that, don't we? Yeah. It is 2021 for Pete's sake. Right. You don't you, need to go bold. You can go to, uh, what's that thing, Yuck? Utah Facial Plastics. Yeah, there you go. This is 2021. I think he will explode on the scene. That's my prediction. Now, he's right, already on right the scene. Now, he's all already he's, on the scene. So all, he, all he needs to do to do that now is just his, you know, make more, his shots just need to start falling. Because he's, he's taking good shots. He just hasn't started to really. And that's fine. That, shots, shots fall. Good shooters will make shots. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's fine. What what do you what have you seen in him? I guess recently to say what you know because you're not a guy that goes out on too many positive limbs. I will say what I have seen is the unseeable. Petrodamas. <laughs> I think I you have I, like mystic music and, and y- Yak will back me up on this. I have been. I said. Since August, the Utes needed to start Cam Rising at quarterback. I said that this guy, he's got it. That that it factor that we attach to quarterbacks. The it factor is assigned as a description for quarterbacks. It's not necessarily anything that's definable in a neat sentence or paragraph. It's more about just having been around Rising, watch the way he played, watch the way he carried himself, and the moxie that he had. DJ and I went back on this, back and forth, and he yelled at me, you ought to tell Kyle. I said, yeah, I should. Well, they, I should have told him because he clearly was better than the other guy. It's, it was obvious to me. I, I just, and it, I'm not a quarterback guy. I never put my hand in the dirt. I never put hat on hat. I have never once done a chip block. But nevertheless, I saw it in this kid. And it's the same type of principle in the basketball level that I see in Donovan Mitchell. So it isn't necessarily, oh, he's improved this aspect of his game. He's better at this. I know uh, the other night, Quinn Snyder uh, lauded his defense and his defensive effort and all that stuff. And that's great. I think it's what's inside is going to make the difference. It, it, it's just the way he carries himself, the goals that he has for himself, which lead to team success. They're not individual goals that are not piggybacked with team success. You keep going out in the first round, you can be the greatest player ever. Nobody cares. In the NBA, it is almost exclusively what you do in the postseason. But isn't perspective an interesting thing too, right? Because he has knocked, you know, I would imagine coming into the league, he probably did have some individual goals as a part of it. And that's fine. And yeah. but, but you get them, and then you say, okay, what's next? And how are you defined, you know? You can be defined as an all-star, um, but I think we'd all want to be defined as a champ. Exactly. Right. He understands 
that that's where it is about what 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 it is about in the NBA. Magic Johnson five, MJ four, or MJ six. I mean, Shaq four. It's all about how many times you won. And you need other guys. There's no question. You know, Pippen's popping off about Jordan here and his book. That's Man, coming that out. thing was brutal. I mean, it, it, Pippen Pippen wasn't satisfied with winning. Winning wasn't enough for him. He wanted glory, but he was never going to get the glory on the same level as MJ. But he was going to get glory, and he could be viewed as a statesman of the game who won six titles as a running mate to MJ, but that wasn't enough. We saw it when he was out, when MJ was out, and Pippen pouted, and then years later said he wouldn't have done anything different. The more you talk, Scotty, the worse it is. He wasn't happy with being the running mate to the fabulous, recognized, greatest player, blah, blah, blah. That is a great spot to be in where Pippen wasn't, but it wasn't enough for him. He wanted the glory. He wanted the individual acclaim. Mitchell wants the title knowing that the individual acclaim will come. My favorite player was Magic Johnson. And it wasn't about individual acclaim. It was about team acclaim and then what comes next with it every single time. It's always individual acclaim. And Pippen wasn't satisfied with that. He sought something that he couldn't achieve and it's gotten him sideways 30, 20 years later and he's still irritated by it. It makes no sense. Mitchell understands what acclaim is, how you achieve the acclaim, what you need to do to get the acclaim, to have these other guys come along with you on the ride to that. And he has all of that at 25 years of age. He gets all of that. And plus, he's got outstanding skill. Patradamas. There we go. All right, Lincoln Kennedy coming up next. Talk to him about the Raiders mess, the Pac-12, all things that we do every Thursday. Stay with us, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. This is Hanson Scotty. Let's do it. The head coach of the Utah State Aggies, Blake Anderson. Coach, you've got a quarterback really cranking at a high level right now. How proud have you been of his performance? Well, a lot of what y'all have seen is, is what I expected to see. There are some, I would say, growing things that Logan's been dealing with, but I think he's gotten better every week. He's not been healthy, and he's battled through it, which just tells you a lot about his toughness. Super quick release. He'll sit in the pocket to the last second to get the ball out when he needs to. He'll take the big hit to get the ball delivered to the right guys. He's tough. He keeps getting up off the turf. But proud of what he's doing. I think he's only going to get better. He's playing with a lot of confidence right now, which is good for us. What kind of a show is this? Catch Hans Olsen and Scotty G every day from noon to 3 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by kslsports.com. Lincoln Kennedy, Raider analyst and Pac-12 analyst, joining us now, and he's joining us on the Smart Rain guest line. Best of State Award winner Smart Rain has an incredible Black Friday offer running for the entire month of November. Smart Rain is giving you free controllers along with a free Apple iPad to commercial properties who sign up with a paid cellular hosting subscription. Please visit SmartRain.net or you can call 877-346-3333, 877-346-3333. Lincoln, good morning. How are you? I'm doing 
wonderful. I, I hear that someone's got a day off. What, what, what's yeah, going on? DJ, he, you know, he works for the local CBS station here on the uh, weekends, so uh-huh. he's getting a facelift. Wow. Okay. All right. All right. Sounds about right. Well, I hope it works out. All right. Botox is for everybody, but I hope it works for him. Okay. So <laughs> PK has to slide over. It'd be like if Brent Musburger was out for a game. You yeah. have to slide over a chair. Yeah. PK sliding over a chair. Joining us <laughs> is a, a gentleman named Tim Lacombe, who's our Utah Jazz basketball analyst. Hey, Tim. What's going on, Lincoln? Long <laughs> time, long time fan of yours, my friend. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. So, and he's a he's a well known name in these parts, and awesome. obviously knows about Lincoln Kennedy, college football Hall of Famer, and all that stuff. So let's get the uh, let's get the, the just the awful news out of the way first. You know, I'm not. We know what happened yeah. with the traffic accident and all that, and I'm not going to ask you how does it affect the team because of loss of life and shattered lives on the other ones who've lived. I don't know how they're yeah. going to get into the legal system. We'll, we'll take care of that and all. Nevertheless, a game has to be played. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been in any maybe uh, a similar situation. Hopefully not. But No, you... no, nothing of this magnitude where life was taken. I've, I've been on teams where you know teammates um, didn't make or did, you know had passed away. Um, and you know what's real? What's so hard is because with the NFL's COVID protocols, we don't have as much access to the locker room or to the team in general. So it's hard to gauge how it might affect them. Well, what I can say this, what I do know this, is that there were several players, including head coach and, and, and a quarterback Derek Carr, um, who really liked Henry Ruggs. And, you know, when this tragedy came across the wire and they found out, and then they found out that the prosecutors among the charges, they had no choice but to release him. Now, you know, there's, it's, it's a tragedy on both sides. The first of the family, the victims of the family, obviously losing a loved one. And then for Henry Ruggs, his life is forever changed as a 22-year-old. Right. But with that being said, you know, much like other situations, guys just want to go out and do what they want to do or do what do. How, what they know how to do. For example, coaches coach players play. So it's coming to one of those instances another time for this season, as the team has already been through so much, um, that they have to travel back to New York, uh, play a team. The Giants, they should beat. They're a better team. I think it's, it's fair to say everyone can make that assessment there. They look like a better team, but it's not going to be easy. And we also know, as history has showed, in the second half of the season for the Raiders, especially in the past couple of years, coming off the bye, Extremely slow starts. Hasn't always worked out well. And I think the last three meetings of the Giants, they didn't beat them. So this would be a one way they could try to right the ship or just try to get things back to some sense of normalcy as they push forward. Well, if for no other reason that to to be able to go out and be focused, the Chiefs, which you called, and you've been consistent about saying this, so I need to give you some acknowledgement there because you thought the Chiefs were going to come back to the pack and suffer that Super Bowl hangover. I think you spoke from experience in that mm-hmm. situation, and that's exactly what we've seen. So for no other reason, uh, at least in the last few years, this is the Raiders' best chance to make the postseason. Well, I, I will agree with you there, but I, I think that what, what cannot happen and what we have to be leery of, especially in our position, is that to speak on looking forward or looking past the team. Yes, you still have two games against the Chiefs, you have another game against the Broncos, and I actually think ultimately the, the last game of the season, the regular season, will be deciding division when you go up against the Chargers. But with that being said, there's still a lot of football to be played, and the Chiefs still have potentially a lot of weapons that can you know make things a little bit difficult for the Raiders. You know, I'm more interested and focused on the C 
see if they, you know, the last two games against the Broncos and the Eagles, the Raiders have been able to start somewhat faster, whereas the previous five games before that, they notoriously started slow. And then, they, like I said a moment ago, they have a habit, especially coming after the bye, of starting off slower, just not playing well. And I, I kind of want to write that ship the second half of the season. Uh, with, um, you know, with ten games to go, they still have a lot of football they have to play, and they're going to be against some pretty good teams, but they could ill afford to look past anyone and take anyone for granted. Lincoln, uh, Kansas City Chiefs came up there. I, I, I actually, I have Pat Mahomes on my fantasy team this okay. year. All right, um, been a little bit of a rocky year. Not exactly what I expected, but I've seen this phenomenon happen in the NFL. You know, over and over again. Um, if you go back through and think about explosive offenses that kind of get ahead of defenses, and then everybody kind of uh, adjusts to what they're doing. What is it the teams are doing from a football perspective, knowing that I'm a basketball guy and I get most of my football education from Madden? Uh, <laughs> what, is, what is it the, that the rest of the league's doing to kind of neutralize you know, such a potent offense in Kansas City? Well, if you watch that Monday night game against New York, uh, I think the announcers made comments of it because it's, it's been something that's been going on for quite some time. The focus on the offense is so much around Travis Kelsey and, and Tyreek Hill. They run combination routes with those, those guys that if you bracket or take two of those or, or double cover uh, both of those guys, a lot of times the other guys aren't running routes if it's not meant for them because they know what tendencies are shown. Patrick Mahomes wants to go to those two guys. Without that, and the, I mean, with that, and without the possibility of having a consistent run game and having issues with the offensive line, I mean, it's just the fact the rest of the league is kind of caught up. You know, it, it, other than you know that sort of uh, um, dream that happened a couple of years back, where the New England Patriots were always winning, this division is extremely competitive. Uh, so it's going to challenge the Chiefs there. Plus the fact they've got a big old target on their chest. Everybody knows who they are. You're going to, you're going to have two challenges there. So with the, the, the fact that they're a little long in the tooth in defense, not consistently getting off the field, and all those other things that they're talking about, they've, they've had some trouble. And Patrick Mahomes has turned over the ball more times in this time, uh, point of his career than any other time. So there's a lot of things that have added up that have worked against the Chiefs. I don't know how the NFL does it, Lincoln, but they always seem to have these outrageous storylines through the course of the season, and things pop up week to week. And so this week we have Rodgers, then we have uh, Odell Beckham's father putting stuff out there, and that, that sort of gets in the way. Now, uh, Rodgers isn't going to be able to play. Our Jordan Love kid from Utah State yeah. is going to get the opportunity, and we're all excited to see what he does. But how does whatever it might be, not necessarily specifics, but generally speaking, how does all this drama play with teams as guys are trying to go about being professionals to prepare for the games each week? Well, there's preferential treatment. Uh, and, and, I mean, it's no surprise. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is, it probably deserves to be treated better than most of the quarterbacks in the league for what he's done. But there's preferential treatment. And when you talk about Odell Beckham Jr., you know, you're talking about a guy that the Giants wanted to get rid of a long time ago. They did because they felt there was going to be a future headache. Now, if you follow his career, there's still the point where, yes, he's a talented player, but you really got to be very careful if you want to bring that in your locker room because that can be a noticeable distraction. So this is where you talk about the character clauses or things that are coming out, uh, you know, with people. It's hard. It really is because if you think about it, if you're the Browns, I mean, we already know what the, the Packers have to do. They have no choice, but they have to play Jordan Love because they only have basically one quarterback. But if you're, if you're the Cleveland Browns, 
you're trying to make amends for everything that's going on. Your quarterback is hurt. You have to decide on him if you're going to make him, uh, you know, give him an extension contract. If this is the right team that you can lead, the defense has come a long way and they've been able to play well with the running game, but they haven't been able to put wins together because they're playing with a hurt quarterback and they don't have a backup plan. The last thing they need is a distraction from a flamboyant wide receiver that says, I'm not getting the ball enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, but at the same point, there's a lot of money that's going into OBJ and after the fact that they've already played their third game, he's probably got some clauses in the contract. Unless it's detrimental to the team, he's going to get a, a gist of his money this season. So then becomes a business move, and what do you do? Um, but it looks like the, the Cleveland Browns are deciding to walk away from it, take a loss, and now they're going to try to find something to do with them because I think, if I'm not mistaken, according to the CBA, if the if the um, if the, 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 the Browns were to cut him at this particular point, they would still have to play out the remainder of this year's salary. Right. That's a lot of cash. Uh, let's shift to college. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk to me about your thoughts on the uh, the initial rankings for the bowls uh, for the playoff playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's a bunch of BS to me. It's about as, <laughs> as, as much as I emphasize preseason polls in college football. I, it, it doesn't care. Another thing you have to think about, or I, we've talked about many times on the show, is that this is this is college football's big money grab. You know they're going to they're going to shun teams like Cincinnati because Cincinnati doesn't have the drawing power that say uh, a Notre Dame or an Alabama or some of these other big names do. So you know they're going to they're going to shun them, and they, even they're going to make it harder for Cincinnati. And that's why I think uh, the time has come for them to expand it to at least twelve teams. I mean that's a, that's a little bit more than I wanted, but at least eight teams, and then it looks like they're going to go to twelve teams. It's just long overdue. If they're going to do it, do it right. Wait, yeah. wait, wait! You're, you're telling me they. They leave one team out over another because the other team has. Yeah, it's a, it's a television show, more, Lincoln. More money. It's a, it's a television show. <laughs> That's a, such a surprise. I yeah. I coached college basketball for twenty years, and all I ever heard was they were trying to make it equitable. Yeah, you. I mean, that's a good story of the feed, but you already you already see how the the trend has paid all played paid out played out the last what five six years where you have pretty much the same teams involved in the college football playoff system, right? Unless something happens like Clemson drops a couple of games, but she's, all of a sudden you're elevating someone else. You know, um, Alabama's still there with one loss, but you got two teams that are undefeated that aren't even a top four. Right. How does that make sense to you? And I got to wonder if doesn't to Oklahoma and Cincinnati, it's not fair. I mean, especially when you're putting such an emphasis on unblemished schedules or unblemished results. Yeah, yeah, and Oregon in there with a loss to Stanford at four. Um, I I wonder if Nike maybe made a, a contribution. <laughs> I'm sure they probably had. But I mean, you know, when, tell me thing, that stuff when, doesn't go on, right? Well, when, <laughs> well, when you talk about a lot of the pundits like myself, when they sit there and look at the ranking, Oregon even at number four still has a less percentage chance of making the college football playoff than several of those other teams that are around them, including Oklahoma. Unbelievable. Okay, Lincoln Kennedy joining us here on the Zone. If if it's not. Oregon and Utah in the title game in Vegas at your stadium where you work. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm never, ever going to predict a Pac-12 game again in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's got to be at this point, doesn't it? Well, 
Well, you know what? I, I until until um, Oregon State lost to Cal last week, I was thinking Oregon State might be in it, but you know, still going for that showdown. I, I, um, Cal did a great job of nullifying Oregon State's run game or stuff like that. I, I think it's going to be Oregon Utah. It should be. I definitely think the Utes have earned the spot to win the South, and I don't put much emphasis into your alma mater in Arizona State, as I said, just inconsistent yeah. and and undisciplined. Something that you just don't see out of a Herm Edwards team. Um, so yeah, I, I do think it's uh, I think it's Utah and Oregon. So Herm Edwards wrote a letter to the team leaders during the bye week. Oh. I'm hoping this week he wrote a letter to the president of the university submitting his resignation. Wow, I didn't hear anything <laughs> about the letter to the to the, to the players. Yeah, he I, wrote a letter I, to the players during the bye week to get them ready because they were coming off the bad performance against Utah, mm-hmm. and now's the time. And then they go out and commit three turnovers on their first three possessions. And then they have a, a field goal where they the guy runs off, uh, he jumps off sides, and they back yeah. it up and they miss. You're, you're, it's a field goal unit. Where the hell are you going? Just stand there. Come on. Hey, hey, hold on. I'm on to something here. You went to Arizona State, right? Yeah, I, no, no, I deny it. So Lincoln just used undisciplined. Yeah. And... Uh, and I looked over at you, and I thought maybe that's a trait. No, it's not. I come from the Fra- I come from the Frank's Cush School of Arizona I mean, State really football. Ta- really talented, but undisciplined. No, no. I, I come from I, Frank Cush. Right Lincoln now, knows I, all about Frank Cush. I do. Right. I do. <laughs> hey, Lincoln. I, I, so people to me, people. We were talking about this earlier, but people to me are the secret sauce. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, name one of your favorite teammates in the history of your playing career somebody that you just absolutely connected with and they made a difference in your life um his name was mo collins he was the first round draft choice out of florida he came into the league with the raiders um and he played tackle and then eventually moved to guard right guard right next to me and we you know for the years of remaining uh, since he moved over and 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 then we were closest of friends like brothers um, I lost him a couple of years ago, um, and I'll never forget that day on October 26th. Um, and, you know, it, his family and I are still close, um, his kids, and watching them grow up. But he was one of those guys that just I just connected with. We were two like minds, and we got along so well that it really showed on the football field, especially with us playing with each other. And that's one of the reasons why I had so much success in the latter part of my career with the Raiders. It's always interesting, you know, like this this tragedy that happened this week, you talk about it, and, and people forget, you know, athletes are human beings. Yeah. And, you know, they think that they just – because the, people, when they want athletes, they, they flip the television on, they watch them play, and then they turn it off and they forget about them. And, right. Uh, you know, my I have been so – you know, just it's a it's a tough one with, and you think about it from both sides. But a young guy like that who makes a bad decision, you know, a bad decision, and it costs so much. But yeah, people people are are definitely the the big thing in sport, and it, it, one of the reasons I've really admired you from a distance. So thanks for all you do. It's uh, it's great to talk with you. Well, thank you. I think, you know, just to add a little bit on to it, I think what we forget, and, and I was definitely there, but I never did anything, you know, this stupid, um, is we think we're invincible or Absolutely. that it won't happen to you. 
Um, I remember when I came out of college, I read every book by every athlete that I could think of from Michael Jordan, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, everyone else talking about, you know, how to take care of your money and stuff like that and, and don't, you know, don't do stupid things with your money. And I still lost money. I still got swindled <laughs> by managers and stuff like that. I didn't think it could happen to me. It took me years to recoup and get that back. But, you know, one of the things I remember growing up, and I think we're all around kind of the same age, is the fact that, you know, we were, we were told those lessons a long time ago, don't drink and drive. Don't yeah. drink and drive. Yeah. Don't drink and drive. Found another way. And I was one of those teammates that I didn't even start drinking alcohol until long after I retired. But I was one of those teammates that, like a Derek Carr said, he extended the the the, the, uh, the friendship. The, you look, text me, call me. I'll come and get you. I'll send somebody for you. I was one of those guys. I did it countless times with my teammates back in the day because I didn't want a tragedy like this to happen. I just wish that Henry Ruggs would have used better judgment all in all. Um, uh, that night it was, uh, it, and I remember being invited to the to the to the event. Uh, and I know that they sent out an invitation because they wanted players, former players, and current players there at Top Golf in Vegas. So I, I, I just wish somebody who was around him would have thought, you know, a lot more um, with a little bit more discipline for him, and maybe pulled the keys out of his hands. Maybe we could have prevented this. Well said, Lincoln. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Talk to you next week. You guys be well. Talk to you soon. Okay. That's Lincoln Kennedy joining us every Thursday. He does Pac-12. He does Raider analysts. And you can hear all the Raider games here right on the zone every single Sunday or whenever. If it's not on a Sunday, it doesn't matter. He and Brent Musburger. Listen, you should you should tune it in. I've tuned it in because I know Lincoln a little bit, and he's really, really good, which is why I wanted him to be on our station, uh, what, probably five, six years ago. We've had him on uh, ever, ever since, and he's super good at what he does. All right, coming up next, we'll hit some more basketball with Mr. Basketball expert, man about music, Tim Lacombe. Stay with us, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. The new zone lineup is here give it up, give it up. with the best coverage of the sports you love and the teams you can't live without. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 to 10, followed by Jake Scott and Ben Anderson from 10 to noon. Get your daily fix of Hanson and Scotty from noon to 3. And then the zone welcomes unrivaled with Alex Curie and former NFL quarterback Scott Mitchell to the team. Weekdays from 3 to 6, live and local. All day, every day. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by kslsports.com. Jazz fans, got to tell you about the Ford Fan Zone. Purchase a Ford Fan Zone all-you-can-eat ticket to an upcoming game. And here's what you'll get. Unlimited hot dogs. As many hot dogs as you can throw down. Maybe you could beat Joey Chestnut. You can also get soda, popcorn, nachos, and ice cream. Starting as low as 30 bucks per ticket. Visit utahjazz.com or you can call 325-2999 to buy your Ford Fan Zone all-you-can-eat tickets now. Turn that up a little bit, Jock. Now that is Kevin McKinney. Yeah. He's got his personal band going on. Check out Kevin McKinney on Spotify, Apple, Music, all your favorite little spots. Give him some listens. Kevin McKinney. Now that's not the old sports information director at the University of Wyoming. It is not. That would be a big (laughs) jump for that Kevin to... Did you know that, Kevin? I did. Yeah, good guy. Again, Forrest Gump. (laughs) Nice to meet you. (laughs) It's a good song, right? You could get into these guys. I have. I will. Yeah. Man, we can't wait. A lot of good music out there, man. All right. Thanks. Thanks for entertaining me, Yuck. All right. That means you can turn it down now, Yuck. 
<laughs> he was multitasking. <laughs> He's got a lot to do, man. He do. As a letter carrier would say. He has a lot to do. Yeah, well, my staff, you know, I push him hard, he and DJ. But, uh, you know, they come around, they do what they're supposed to. I think he, ha- I think this, these built in breaks when you say, hey, DJ's going to be out of town, I, I think it's like he has to take X amount of days off away from you to just be sane and function. Sane? Sane, man. <coughs> come on, man. I'm like the easiest dude to work with. Just ask Scotty. Are you easy? Yeah. Like, like Sunday morning. Like a Sunday morning. How good is that guy? Don't get me started on Lionel Richie. I will never. Nor will I get you started on Nicole Richie, for that matter. That wouldn't be good. <laughs> that would cost me dearly. But I want to get you started on Ryan Smith. You're a guy you've known pretty well for a number of years, BYU guy. Right now, Jazz are uh, on target to spend you know, 30, 40 plus million in luxury tax. How much of do you think that that shows a commitment of wanting to win? I think it's all. I I think everything about it's all in, right? I mean, that's what he talks about. I know, but how do you write that check, man? It's easy to say. Well, <laughs> come down and do it. Everything's everything's <laughs> I relative. Do it. Yeah, you, I know, but still, come on. Well, you couldn't do it because you don't have. The, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, but, but if you and I have no idea what it's like to be at that level. Nor nor do I. But still. Was he always at that level? I mean, to me, I mean, that's an, to everyone, that's an enormous amount of cash. No, I th- and I think if you, you know, if you feel like you're just throwing it in a bucket, but if you're, you know, I, I think Ryan's always building stuff. And so, you know, if, if that's the cost of getting, you know, ultimately he's in this thing to win it. I mean, he wants to win this league and he wants to hang a banner and he wants the Jazz talked about as champions you know, in history. Um, so if you look at it that way, this is, yeah, it's, it's, there's a lot to it, but everybody's going to do their part and then some. I think that's the theme. And I'm starting to see that attitude through the players. So I think, you know, it's, it's all how you look at it, I gather. Yeah. If you try to find perspective, but it's awfully hard for me to try to find perspective on 40 million. You know, if I knew that that was going to get it. If I could literally buy a title, I would. But you can't. But there's you may not even get out of the first round. That's crazy. But I think that's where. I mean, I th- obviously, I think they will. But still, yeah, I think we all got our our share of risk factor. You know what we're willing to deal with. I'm like you. I I want. I want to know. I don't, you know I want to know what what the outcome is going to be if I actually do. And and unfortunately. You don't, you can't, because everybody's trying to win. Um, so you just have to do everything you can. And I, I will tell you the the way that this roster is put together this year. Uh, and I've said it from the very beginning. Not I said it in the preseason, not at six and one. Uh-huh. But this is a fir, a far deeper and more flexible team that can take on all different styles. You know, the the Clipper thing of last year taught this team a lot. And, it, and the organization went out and countered it, which I, I, I and absolutely love. And that's great. Love. Yeah, yeah. But there's still no guarantees. Like, for instance, they know they pay me twenty five grand, and they know what they're going to get out of that twenty five grand. They're going to get absolute yeah. the best mediocrity. I got. The best I got for well, well, that's mediocre, but it's the best I have. Okay. So it's the same thing. <laughs> Fair. It's not inconsistent. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
I, yeah. You are consistent. You're right. Right. I, it is the product is mediocre, but it is no, the I, best that I can give so, you. So I jumped to the. Uh, I know what I know. That's not what you're working for. So that's why I say that would get mediocrity. Okay, that's why I said that. All right. Okay, Tim McCombs, best bud, back from Boston. We're going back to Boston. Just a little band out of Boston. Mike Smith, Utah Jazz studio analyst. For AT&T Sportsnet, former Cougar, and now full-time with the Jazz. He will join us next. Stay with us.